0: You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parish. Greetings.
1: And we are here with my co-hosts. We're already having fun. We've been talking before the show started, so we're a little bit wired. Probably for your benefit, that'll be good. Anyway, my co-host this week will be Diane Algebri. Diane comes to us from uh, Toronto, Canada. You've got uh, Trina uh, cooper who comes to us from somewhere around denver okay and we have uh, joyce M- Mullenhauer, who actually is in Kingman, arizona we have mary ann love who is talking to us from melbourne australia the down under and then we have geraldine another co-host here that's talking to us from sydney australia and we have maria jacques from miami florida we have rosemary hire from frankfurt germany So we have a very good lineup of hosts. Um, Our our co-hosts this week want to go back and share with you because of the numerous requests we got for more clarity and input to help you on the ninth chapter of our book. When we're talking about the meditative process and introducing and the preparation. Uh, It's amazing to me because I've meditated for so many years, I feel meditation is almost a natural process and you probably don't even realize that you're already doing it. Anytime you actually allow your mind to focus on something outside your physical, you're already in meditation. Meditation at any level, no matter what we call it, is hypnosis, which means an altered state of thought and mind. So I'm telling you that you need to stop sweating this and actually enjoy the relaxing of it. Because if you've decided to go into meditation and you've sat down and you've began to do it, you are already there. Okay. Just the decision to get there is already the state that you're looking for. So at this point, meditation can happen in so many various ways that I've asked the co-hosts to share some of their own experiences and stuff with it to show you There isn't any one way to prepare. There isn't any one process, okay? I have found the many people that are teaching meditation, and any time I hear someone is offering a meditation course, I mean, this is 80 years later, I try to attend it to see how they're working with it. So I feel right now the place that I'm at in meditation is I have a whole lot of ideas, And on any given day, I may have to use and change any of that because when I'm traveling and I've just gotten off the airplane and I've gone through an airport where people are pushing, trying to get a cab, trying to get to the hotel, I want to meditate. So the first thing I do is go in, kind of shower, clean up, do the water thing, get myself in, in position and just sit down and take it, just journey into it. So at that point, I think I'm doing more of a mindfulness not so much the depth of going into the nothingness. And so there's so, like I said, there's so many descriptions and ways that we can talk about this that I don't want any of our listeners to feel you're not doing it right. The point that you're doing anything makes it right. Okay, so you just want to go into it and see what you get each time. It Like some of you are asking questions, I want to deal with that. For my co-hosts and for those of you listening and we i have read i am really surprised we had like well over 100 people that responded to chapter nine and it because it is talking about meditative process i like i said i'm amazed at how many of you feel you're doing something wrong because this is just so not okay you're not doing anything wrong if you're moving toward any level of meditation, you're right in, okay, you're right on and you want to reward yourself with that feeling, okay? But at this point in time, whatever we share, and it will be a variety of things from the many co-hosts, is any one of that could work for you and none of it, none of it could work for you. And you'll have to go find your own. We're just going to deal with some of the hesitance that we're being asked to have. And some of you are saying you're having a little bit of problem and complication with Dr. Dispenza's meditations that takes you into the blackness, okay? The co hosts will talk to you about their experiences of that. But beloveds, all that's being said here, and especially for some of you that have religious particular hesitance with that, we're not talking about blackness like the evil of blackness or the underworld of blackness or anything. We're no, that's nothing. Okay. We're saying about the natural reality of you closing your eyes. And when you close your eyes, what do you see? Okay. It's just black. Okay. I, my word for that is nothingness. I don't see nothing. Okay. And the nothingness then at that point becomes is something that I'm going to explore. And so the co-hosts will share some of their experiences as the in-depth experience of that nothingness. And we'll hear the many with that. But if you are going in and as soon as you close your eyes and accept, okay, because you closed your eyes, now everything's dark or black, okay, and you go into white light. There definitely is going to be no way you're going to experience the depth of depth of what you're looking at as Joe's black meditation and that most of you using that term. Okay, so we have to co-host. I need you to be looking at the various different kind of meditations you've done help some that are having problems with the blackness but then again those there are those if you've been in a metaphysical scene for anywhere over the last 20 years you were taught to sit down and bring white light in grant you that's still okay all right so we can talk about the mix and match of that so we're going to start out today we're going to go to maria jacques who's in miami florida maria is actually a therapist a psychotherapist and uh, I'm wondering, Maria, how much of meditation do you teach or use with your patients?
2: Well, I think I incorporate it into all of my work um, because it's definitely Joe talks about getting into the subconscious to reprogram all those programs that we have. We're 5% conscious and 95% unconscious. So I do a lot of it and incorporate a lot of it into my work. But what I wanted to talk about tonight was, and I wanted to share a little bit of my experience, you know, I've been doing some form of meditation or another and not always being successful um, throughout the 30-some years that I've been working with different methods. And I, as I was writing uh, our blog that we post on our site, and I encourage our listeners to go to our website and read some of the blogs from all of the co-hosts. But um, I wrote an article and I titled it, Be My Guest. And for me, my experience in in beginning to work with, with this material is that I just came to a point in my life where I decided I'm tired of being who I am. There's things I need to change. And what do I need to do differently? that I haven't that it's not working from before and it goes to meditation i've meditated drop it pick it back up you know all i'm sure we've all gone through some form of that or another and i think it was just a decision that i came to and i said I, that's it i need to do something different and i started working diligently with the methods that joe has outlined in this book and what i'm finding is I just followed the instructions and I'm one of those that I like to be rebellious and I do things my way and then try to do things differently. And I just decided that I was going to follow the instructions. And he does lay out a beautiful, I think he lays out the map. And what I'm finding is that, you know, and I shared in my article and I did last week, but I wanted to expand on it is that I have become my own guest in meditation and that for me has become, and I guess it's a personal decision that everybody needs to make. For me, sitting down and doing this meditation and I, I, don't, I don't even call it meditation anymore. For me, it's just my time with myself and the divine. And, you know, when Grandmother Parish asked us, you know, that you want to hear, for me, it's just been a journey, a real journey of how, through his methods and the techniques, we move into those different states of alpha and theta where it, we need to go into in order to start to reprogram all that old self. And I'm finding that I look forward to meeting myself, the observer, and sometimes even becoming the observer, which is really, for me, a wonderful experience And I just want to encourage a lot of the listeners is don't complicate it. I used to complicate meditation a lot. For me, it's just become a meeting, a meeting with myself, with the divine. And it now has become just an important part of my day that when I don't do it for whatever reason, and I don't some days, I'm not perfect. I miss it. I totally miss it. So... (laughs) It's just worth sticking it in there. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. I think you're talking, in my terms, of midlife crisis. I think that's what you must have come up on. And that you're not perfect. Oh, my God, Maria. What do you mean you're not perfect? Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right I uh, that we 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 can finally admit to some of our trivial things right so one of it's that we finally realized we're not the only one and we're not perfect oh boy okay so we're going to move over to another psychotherapist and that will be Marianne Love out there in Melbourne now Marianne what do you have to say to some of the things our listeners are asking about
3: well, this is one of my favorite topics, because I love meditation, but I didn't always love meditation. And to be quite honest, it took me maybe eight years, I don't know, a long time of grandmother gently prodding, you know, it's a good time to get into meditation. And I'm like, yep, yep, it is. It's a really good time. But that time really did take a while to get into a practice of it. And I think one of the most helpful things grandmother shared with me at that time was to find something that I enjoyed. And for me, that was just about getting into the habit of actually spending time every day and getting into just a routine. Because once you form a habit, then you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes with it. Like it, it develops itself. So for me, just enjoying, finding something I could enjoy to get past the resistance was really helpful. Um, and over the years, I have done Joe's um, induction, his practice of meditation, of going into the nothingness or going into the blackness. and. For me, what helped was doing the practice around the space in space, which he will teach in the book. So if you're finding it hard, just thinking about going into the blackness, there is a guided process in this book that will help clarify that more. And so as you practice going into space, because you feel the space all around you, and you feel it above you, and you feel it below you, and then you expand that space outward, it almost starts to develop that muscle of getting depth. So I was just speaking to that question of how do you get depth in the blackness and so then once i took that into the blackness for me i reframe that a bit to the nothingness and i tune more into no thing so often if i if i was having if i'm having struggles with it or i'm just not identifying with it i'll say to myself of myself i am no thing i am no thing and i just keep Tuning into I am no thing and then I experience that in the blackness as no thing and then focus on okay just feel the space below me like how far down can I go how far up can I go forward back and all the sides of me and just and just work to get my awareness to expand as far as I can into infinity. And I'm not saying it's easy, and I do it easily every time. But I know that is my practice, and I feel like the no thing is really, really helpful. And just finding peace with the with the, just closing your eyes and being in the in the dark behind your eyes, like it's there's nothing scary there. There's nothing. There's there's just me. And there's nothing that's there. So, um, and the other little tip that I found helpful was to get those virtual reality goggles. And to, you can, you can go on some space expeditions in them. And then you can feel like nothing below you and all around you. You feel like you're actually floating in space, like literally out um, amongst the stars. And that gives you a good sense. Like it starts to give you some, you know, physical experience of, of what that is like and opens the neurons in the brain's up. Brain up. So that's what I wanted to share.
1: That's real good. And uh, what you're sharing is extremely helpful to have people just go out. It's not so easy in the city because you have such large amounts of street lights and stuff reflecting it. But to actually develop the neurons ability to make this adjustment of seeing, you know, providing the sense of the distance is to actually go out and play with the stars or the moon and actually Focus on seeing beyond it. What is is the space behind it? And actually working with that. Because this is developing a neuron. There's no doubt about it. You're doing a mindset here. So you're working with neurons. And anything like Marianne said that you can add to actually learning the physical experience of purposely doing that will help you tremendously when you go into the, the actual meditative state of that. And the other thing is, is that the children out here that I work with in uh, in the desert out here in Arizona, they use looking how far they can look across the desert. And that's just another way. The landscape, if you have a decent landscape that kind of goes out to the horizon, that's another way to develop that neuron. So that's all real good uh, positioning to take, Marianne. I appreciate that. Now we're going to go over
0: to Trina Cooper there in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Trina. Hello. Um, yeah, this this to me, one of the things that really stands out for me is the fact that this is a scientific process, because that was something that I was taught from the get-go, that we follow certain steps that go in a certain order And you can measure it, you get results. And that's how I was taught a long time ago. And so Dr. Joe really enforced that, but gave me even a more important piece of it was that I'm actually creating the neurons by following these steps and repeating and repeating. Um, in, In a process I learned, which really helped me with Dr. Joe's blackness was imagining going out past the earth, past the, the moon, past the solar system, continuing, continuing to got to the end of the universe. And then you went even further. And then that's where we would sit and meditate. And it was really, it was really amazing because it gave us an idea of depth, but it was just another way of getting that idea of the weight, the depth, understanding kind of where you were. When I grew up, Um, meditation was a big taboo. It was a big no-no. And especially in the religious background that I had. And then all of a sudden I started finding out that nuns were taught to meditate, priests were taught to meditate, but the lay people were not taught to meditate. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy. Why would they get all that? And we didn't get that. So it was like, oh, okay, then that's something. And then following Um, following Christianity, which is where I came from. And I had a lot to deal with with that. But the Bible talked about Jesus going out into the desert and meditating. And I was like, well, if he didn't do it, why can't I do it? This is something that we found was instrumental in creation, instrumental in inspiration, instrumental in solving issues and problems. And so for me... One of the things I wanted to share with people, too, was this process of repetitiveness and rewiring yourself really works um, when you do it. And I didn't realize it until someone you know, said, oh, well, we're going to sit in the chair and meditate. Well, I learned how to meditate sitting on the floor with my legs crossed. And I could never get myself to settle when I sat in a chair. And as soon as I would sit down on the floor, I could immediately get into a really comfortable place and move right into meditation. But if you made me sit in a chair, I wiggled all over the place because my body said, this isn't what you do when you meditate. So the process is it doing this and finding your space and finding the place that um, is comfortable for you and making yourself comfortable. And I guess the other thing is, um, you know, you set a goal just to have success, whatever that looks like, no judgment, just that something's going to happen and eventually and, and be okay because sometimes just the calm nothingness is just amazing. And sometimes the incredible experience that may drop in is amazing. But for me, the appreciation of being able to know how to do this and use it for creative ways or to settle myself down or to get inspiration that to me is something that everybody can use and um and really loving yourself that's the biggest thing know that you're rewiring yourself know that you're undoing all these things and there's going to be resistance and it's okay so just start slow start with five minutes go to 10 go to 15 go to 20 um And build up from there because all these little successes that you have will create a really wonderful meditative process to a place where you just want to sit down. And I I mean, for a while we were doing two hour meditations, which was just like, I love this, you know. So, um, yeah, just just be patient with yourself and and know that this is creating a brand new you and just be grateful for whatever comes in receiving. So um, that's some of the stuff I wanted to share today.
1: All right. Thank you very much. And
4: Diana,
0: how about what you have to share? Can you share some with us?
4: Sure. Um, I just find it so interesting that um, in nature, you know, sometimes all these things are revealed and also as a teaching. Um, you know, when Joe talks this chapter about preparation and the environment. And of course, it leads me right away to planting the seeds, preparing the soil. um, And what I find so funny about this is ourselves experiencing ourselves in this transcendental way and the spiritual aspects of ourselves. But here we are having to do really practical things to create the environment. So it's not like, oh, just be spiritual and you know, meditate. No, there's very specific guidelines and processes. And it seems so many different lineages and different um, spiritual practices all have very specific ways. So what I did to incorporate all of that um, many years ago is I created a space in the house. So I dedicated a room um, that is the meditation and kind of a healing room. Or prayer room as well, and um, I find that um, I put like really beautiful things in there, and things I like to focus on. And there's a little recorder there for for music and things. And when I step into that room, right away, that something happens to me. I think maybe even chemically, that some kind of relaxing happens. so, I think that there's so much value in in what he 's mentioning in regards to that, and it does kind of start the my, my mind process um, in that regards now in you know in regards also to the um, the uh, getting into the induction and the different ways, I find myself doing a lot more of um, the uh, observer and taking it from that side, which is some of the things that I've been doing from the uh, Zazen and the Zen um, lineage that I'm, that I'm studying and doing. And I, I love that because somehow I feel like that's me talking to myself and releasing and allowing a lot of what is being going on in my mind or that part of my mind that feels that it's not been heard needs to kind of like deflate and say what it needs to say and then from there you know that slowing down that stillness being able to then go into a a longer process um, and going through again the consciousness going through the different parts of the body and then as uh, Trina said so eloquently that um, I find myself yes I have that ability to focus on my body and then go external from there and uh, go into uh, basically space. And that darkness for me is not really a darkness because then from that, all sorts of colors seem to appear. So then it's kind of like me watching a color show. (laughs) So that's been my experience so far. Uh, And I just wanted to share that.
1: It's real, real good. But I want to say to my co-hosts, as well as my listeners, you do not want to totally just develop a place that meditation happens. Um, I actually had the privilege of doing one of the particular workshops with Joe to where he had us repelling down the wall of a huge skyscraper and told us to acquire meditation on the way down. So, When you frame your work in your particular, you do uh, whatever it is that you're setting up. And listen, I do have, I have a sanctuary. When I walk out to the sanctuary, which means a beautiful backyard where I have created a spa, okay? And I have a tree there, a Bodhi tree and everything, okay? I I can do walk-in meditation there because when I walk around it, everything that's in it, adds to the state of alteredness that i can go from the busy world to that so here's the thing as you're learning and you may not find any of the particular modalities that we're sharing with you again every one of the co-hosts has already made that point you will have your own and you want to realize that meditation's in the head it's not a location And that you want to make sure that you can obtain it. Some of my deepest meditations happen when I'm on an airplane. And like I said, I agree with Trina. I love to sit down in the tailor position, cross my legs, you know, put something up my back and sit there. Again, it takes you back in. But explore with all of them. Get yourself to where you can adapt as well as go in and realize that. You aren't limited anywhere in meditation at that point. So we're going to go over to Joyce Mollenhauer, sitting here in Kingman, Arizona. Joyce, what do you have to give us?
5: Well, there's a whole lot of ideas going through my head. Some of them are stimulated by what's already been mentioned. I, I'm one that has had judgments about how I meditate and what my results are and expectations. Well, I'm learning and getting very clear on this, that 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 isn't what this is all about. In fact, some of the most current experiences I'm having is that sometimes I can have a very short concentration time that I'm calling meditating, and within hours, I am receiving insights. Now, I'm really excited about this because I'm getting such an expanded experience of what my brain and what my body and what my I um I guess it's it's not the conscious mind it's I I feel like I'm getting a little bit in touch with my subconscious mind whatever it is I don't think I need to describe it I I'm just pleased with the results so when I was looking back over this chapter trying to figure what would be the greatest impact for people I think on page 229, the list that he gives us here of how to be successful with meditation is, one, be determined. Well, obviously, if you're going to be determined, you have to have an intention and have a plan. So that's step one. Then he says you need to be persistent. Well, persistent means you're consistent. So that led me down to some pretty deep thoughts too. Um, To be excited and joyful about meditation took me back to his earlier chapter when he talks about using the emotions that the brain and the body experience. So if I approach, anyone approaches meditation feeling excited and joyful, I totally accept doorways open. And then to be flexible, instead of uh, I, I am letting go of some of my rigid expectations. If I'm flexible, then I'm going to be more open to the unknown. And to be inspired, I think, feels a little bit like the joyful and the excited that this is something I'm anticipating and, and just excited about the, the results that can be mine.
1: That's really cool. And I agree with you. It's almost like we go through phases, don't we? We go through phases in life. Those of us has been meditating a lot over our lives. It's like I realize now where I'm in meditations, know where I was way back there. But even way back there, I felt I was having a complete meditation experience. So it becomes who we are and how what we put through time. So I agree with that. It's really cool. All right. We're going to let Geraldine Dolby ball speak to us down there from Sydney, Australia.
6: Hi, Geraldine. Hello. And I thought it might help to uh, look at a section in the book that people could find on page 224, which is about two approaches to meditation, because I think it links in well, uh, again, with what Joyce was saying about persistence and consistency, and that there is help for you. So... If you've got the book, you can read it, but I'll I'll quickly go through it now so that you can also um, know what's available there. So meditation option one, and if you've got the book, you'll see that quite often in this book there is a little symbol of of headphones. So, you know, you can go and find this on the website, and the uh, website's listed there. We'll put it in our blogs as well, but uh, com, And then it says you can that you can record them however you like but a really great thing here is that it goes through the steps Week one is a lot of what we're talking about now How do you get ready for it and Joe has a meditation for that Week two it will take you through that meditation and the next one so you're getting your your body ready and you're starting to to be in that no thingness Week three and week four and so these let you. Uh, address what you're doing and then let you be the new self. So all of these have journaling in between them. And I think that's a key part as well. So when you get to this process, it's just to let you know there are these support tools for you. Uh, The other part, which is really powerful, I feel, is the option two, which is the alternative, which is the scripts for them. Read them in your own voice. You know, read them with what you know works for you. So then you're not becoming reliant upon something. You don't even need to call it Joe's this or Joe's that. As Maria said, this is her time where she is the guest, where she talks to the observer herself. So you may like to see that this could be part of that as well. This is really your time with you and it could be your voice that you're listening to. So meditation option two. So check out page 224. You'll see that there are plenty of... Things here that will help you, and and as Trina said too, there's a science, there's a reason why it's like this, and I'll just add a, a little personal experience from that is, there's a part also that quite often is described as you know that dropping like a feather, and if you go back to the book again and and or or do anything on looking at brain research and the different types of brain waves, I know the thing I've had to manage a lot and still in process is what they call that high beta brainwaves i'm doing this and i'm doing that and i'm doing this and this is done and i've got a list and i've got that to to then be the feather that's falling into the alpha state there's a lot more to, to chill before that gentle movement to alpha state and something you may like to remember if those of you if you can record what it feels like when you're dropping off to sleep there's that little delightful feeling just before you fall asleep that you know you're falling asleep. You may not, may or may not have experienced it. Now that I've mentioned it, you may put awareness there and see it. But that's a movement from one type of brain wave to another. Likewise, when you wake up in the morning. So in that perspective, this is what we're talking about. If you need more help, the help is there. If you can drop down yourself, that's a big part of it. Uh, that's that's the sharing.
1: Okay, thanks a lot. That's very good. But let me remind everybody, as long as you're listening to Dr. Dispenza's tapes, you are in training, you are not meditating. When you're meditating, you will not be listening to anybody's tapes. Okay, then you can say you're in the meditative state as long as you need Training and guided meditation, you're not in the depths of your own altered state. Just remember that, okay? Now we're going to let Rosemary kind of conclude that. So, Rosemary, you have a few minutes here. What would you like to add to the program tonight? Uh,
7: Well, I just uh, feel that um, uh, I heard we got a lot of questions and maybe doubts or so, and I've been there. And I think we should not leave out that we are dealing with our body mind. And I remember that confusion about the how-to or even questioning the method was just one of my big things, you know? Is this really right for me? Is this working for me? Am I doing this right? Maybe I'm doing this wrong? So being in that mind state makes it hard to just let go and come into the awareness. And um, I think what what he says, and I'm going back to the basics, like the first pages of chapter 9, 178, 177... Well he speaks about that um, in his model, and that's the other thing I really appreciate we said to grandmother that we have to find our own uniqueness in our own ways, but in his model, the meditation is used to know thyself, And chapter Ten and eleven then goes extensively into how in detail to do that. So he wants us to move out of that uh, figuring things out. You know, I'm going to figure this in my life out, going out of the analytical mind. He wants us to go into the awareness. And the awareness is more something, and he speaks about that also in later chapters, It's more something about the imaginary realm. It's the sensing, feeling, noticing, putting my attention to, observing. It's not a thinking process. So we need to come into that space. How do we get into that space? I have some of the things I do and I agree, there are good days and bad days. And when I have a bad days, I really work more with my body in the beginning. One thing I do is I just maybe focus and I got that from the Kinslow uh, book we uh, covered. I focus just on my right hand, just focus on my right hand. And so I move into the focus on the body and relaxing the body with that so it's it's going down to some basic there's some prerequisites maybe if it if you feel like it's not working go back to the basics how am i relaxing how am i focusing what would help me breathing maybe also and um, the other thing is meditation is not about oppressing any thoughts or fighting uh, the thoughts. Oh my, I remember in the beginning I was judging myself. Oh my God, another thought. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> no, it's not about that. It's about observing as someone said. So I feel like I had to move into learn to observe my thoughts. And one way which helped me in the beginning, I don't do that so much anymore was to categorize the thought. Oh, I'm scheming Oh, I'm planning again. I'm trying to worry. I'm figuring things out. So I, I was categorizing the self that helped me to observe them. And the moment you observe your thoughts, you already got it done. Just like grandmother said, the moment you move into the meditation of observing, you got it done. And I think it is important to be gentle and to find your uniqueness, as I've mentioned before, what works for you to come into that space. And, uh, and also he's a, we're doing it step by step so for now we're just doing that in chapter 10 9 we're just doing that we're getting into the awareness we, so that we can know ourselves we can come into the subconscious part of ourselves and then later we're learning how to be with the spaces and I think we're we moving into the nothingness which is the same thing we're moving into the field and uh I, I really uh, feel that the body, the breathing, the prerequisites is an important first step to be successful in meditation. Find ways how you can relax, how you can be aware instead of being in the analytical mind. That's what I want to share right now.
1: Okay, really, really good. I thank all of you co-hosts. You really gave some really uh, good experiences. I can't think of anything any of our listeners would actually not be able to apply to any of the situations they have. What is important is meditation works. When you find the ability to actually focus and go into the altered state of letting go of the physical world, you open up a whole new awareness of everything. And I see that respect comes with that as well as you begin to feel connected. So we encourage you, obviously, to keep doing that and to keep This book should help you take a lot of quantum leaps. And that's what our show is called, Quantum Leap, okay? So we invite you to join us again next week as we begin to go in and explore chapter 10. Again, there's a lot of how-to in that. So go this week and read it yourself and then join us in that. Meanwhile, we love hearing from you and you let us know exactly what our purpose and what we can help you benefit with from the various stages of our life. And you are important to us. You are important. You make the difference and you count. Never forget that. OCO, have a fantastic week. OCO.
0: Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to loaradionetwork.com forward slash quantum leap. Have a great week.